Spirit. And I've been waiting for this. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. I've been waiting for this for a while. Um, truthfully, um, you know, this is the first time we started a new series in like months, right? It's been a long time since we started one because we were in Ephesians for so long, which I loved. I enjoyed Ephesians so much. But I have been excited about preaching this message and this series for a long time. I've been preparing for this for a while. And so um, I'm bursting, and so hopefully I'll burst too much and we get messy. But man, I'm just really excited about this this morning. And, and because I love talking about the Holy Spirit. Because truthfully, the Holy Spirit is probably one of the most confusing or misunderstood parts of the Christian faith, right? And, and when I say that word this morning, you might be here and you might say, yes. I'm excited. I'm in, man. This is going to be awesome. I am so pumped to talk about and preach and hear preaching on the Holy Spirit. Some of you may think that way. And, but then others of you might say, uh-oh, this is an, a Pentecostal church. I knew eventually they're going to be swinging for the chandeliers. I just knew it. Um, I, you know, you're, you're scared right now. But, but no, no, no. We're going to talk about a thing, a person that the Word talks about from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible is quite clear on who, and I mean who on purpose, on who the Holy Spirit is. Amen? And so we're going to walk through that. And man, it is going to be good. And, but before we get into the body of this, I want to just get a couple things clear this morning. First of all, there is no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. And if I could put a big period, bam, right there, I would. It is so important to understand that. If you take the Holy Spirit out of your life, if you're, if you're a professing Christian, you take the Holy Spirit out of your life, what you are left with is a dead, dry, just, I mean, just an awful existence. A dead, dry religion, right? You take the Holy Spirit out of your life. Take the Holy Spirit out of a church, what you have left if the Holy Spirit was there. Take him out of that church, what you have left in that body in that church is you have a group of people that get together and sing a few songs and probably eat some some hot some tater tot hot dish and that's about it right you, you don't have much more the holy spirit is crucial and critical to why we meet here this morning amen that you you don't have church you don't have the christian faith without the holy spirit Number, next next one many people and, and this includes pentecostals who Pentecostals, what probably would most people would say, well, we, we have the Holy Spirit. We get this. Many people, including Pentecostals, mistakenly think manifestations before person when it comes to the working of the Holy Spirit. That is, man, you have to hear that this morning. Especially if you're a long-time Pentecostal person. You have to hear that. Now, that does not mean the Holy Spirit does not manifest himself through signs, wonders, and gifts. We're going we're gonna to get into that, trust me. Maybe we will stream. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're going to get into that stuff, trust me. But before we do, you have to hear. Before the manifestations, before the gifts, before the healing, before all those things, before tongues, comes the person of the Holy Spirit. That is critical, critical, critical. And a question you have to think about this morning is, is he a person who leads or is he a force who forces? 
Because if he's a force who forces, if that's really all the Holy Spirit is, you'll say crazy things like, I just want more of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, whoa, pastor, hold on here. I've said that before. You're stepping on my toes now. I don't like that. Well, that's why you're here today. No, no, you might have said that. I've said it too. But have you ever thought before about what we're saying we say statements like that? I want more of the Holy Spirit. You see, what happens sometimes is we misunderstand the Holy Spirit is not a force, but a person. We understand he's a person, not a force. We say things like that. We say, well, I want more. See, the, the truth of today is that you don't need more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs more of you, right? You don't need more of him as if he's some, you know, amount that you can have just a little bit more of this quantity of something in your cup. And then now you're going to do what he's told you to do. Now you need to be filled with the Spirit. Again, we're going to get into that later. But we have to first understand who the Spirit is. You see, if you, say, if you think that he's a force, You'll say things like this. Just say, I was walking down the road, and the Holy Spirit grabbed me by the, the chest, and he forced me to say this or forced me to do that. Now, again, you're saying, well, I've said that before too, Pastor. But listen this morning to this. You see, the Holy Spirit is fully God. It's God. He is God's presence here on earth. God does not force himself in or on anyone. He leads he challenges, he pulls, he makes it tough for you to do things outside of yourself. But you don't come to church, you don't come to the Spirit with and turn your brain off and your mind off. You have to know that this morning. Because sometimes we have this mentality that if I am filled with the Spirit, then somehow, someway, there's times in my life when my mind shuts off and I just do things out of it. I'm like this puppet that God just kind of moves around and I do whatever. That's not what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He doesn't shut your brain off. He doesn't turn those things off in your life. That's not how it works. He's never done that in Scripture. He doesn't do that now. See, if you know him as a person, you'll say, I heard the voice of the Spirit leading me to this. And I heard his call and I responded. See, that's a person who is led by the Spirit. He's not a loose cannon who wants you to become a loose cannon. And again, you have to hear that because when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the person and the working of the Spirit, because there's been much confusion surrounding the Spirit, many people who many people have resisted the work of the Spirit because they've not heard a proper representation of who he is is not what, not this supernatural, strange, weird force that's out there someplace far away that he's a person. And we'll talk about that this morning. You see, I've been in pastoral ministry for 20 plus years. Most of that, not all, but most of that has been in Pentecostal churches. And I have heard and seen all kinds of things, good and bad, regarding the Holy Spirit. I've seen God do some remarkable things. I've seen God do things that don't fit uh, on any page. They, they're, 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 they're interesting. They're fascinating. They're things I never expected. They're things I never thought possible. Well, when the Holy Spirit's involved, that's how it works sometimes, right? I've also seen people with a massive amount of misunderstanding when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit and say things and do things believing to be led by the Spirit but led by something else. And we'll get into that, of course, as well today, but it's, it can be confusing, and is it any wonder that it can be confusing? Because the, 
the, the word teaches us that the Holy Spirit was sent here by God, sent here as God's presence and God's comforting power in our lives. Who was sent to us to reveal and to illuminate the word of God and illuminate Jesus. It's any wonder that the Holy Spirit can be confusing at times to people. We don't want that to happen. We're going to look at what the word of God teaches about the Spirit. Some of you, uh, throughout the course of this series, will be stretched. You'll be stretched in your understanding of God. Some of you may have to come back a little bit to center and come back to the spot. Not center as if you need to tone it down and just not love Jesus and not love God. But you are going to come back to a spot where we are led by the Spirit. This, the Spirit teaches, Jesus teaches us that the Spirit works and says and illuminates what the Word of God teaches us. Amen? We're going to walk through this this, for the course of this this series. Number three, the Holy Spirit is not a force or an it. He is a who. Listen to what the Bible teaches about the Spirit. Romans 8, 27 says the Spirit has a mind. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says the Spirit has a will. Uh, Much like my children have a will. That's the same kind of idea there. And, And so... Romans chapter 8, verse 14, among, this is among many other scriptures, okay? Many times this is spoken of the Spirit that it says that he leads us. Ephesians 4, 29 says he can be grieved. Does that sound like that's a machine or some force that's out there, tan- intangible? He can be grieved, the Bible says. Acts 13, 2 says he speaks to us. That's, of course, also among many times. I, I could go on for hours on the passages where the Bible tells us that the Spirit speaks to us. Romans 8, 20, 26 and 27, he intercedes for us. Luke 12, 11 through 12 says he teaches us. John 14, 26 says he is our comforter. Not a force, not some distant, strange idea out there. He is not that way. He is a person, and that's what we're going to walk through. See, number four, the Holy Spirit's not a ghost. He's not some mysterious spiritual force. He's not out there like the force in Star Wars. That's not how it works. And of course, we know ghost is found. You might say, well, I read in my Bible, it says Holy Ghost. Well, it says that in the King James Version. Now, if you are a King James oldie person, close your ears right now. No, don't close your ears. I'm just kidding around. The, 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 the Bible in King James translates Holy Spirit to Holy Ghost. Now, frankly, I can't get into this in detail, but that's not a great translation for us in modern times. When this was written, it was written back many, many, many generations ago when their word for ghost meant much different things than our word for ghost means nowadays. So when the Bible translates this as Holy Spirit, that's the word that it is. It is. He's not a ghost. He's not some dead person that's kind of floating around as we see him. It's important for us to get that because, again, people misunderstand who and what the Holy Spirit is. I don't want that to be the case in this church. We are a spirit-led, spirit-filled body of believers who love Jesus and who are sensitive to the Spirit. Amen? We need to understand who he is and what he does. Listen to, let's check out Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. Let's, let's look and see. This is how he closes his letter. It's so interesting. A final greeting to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. We're going to spend a ton of time in chapters, chapters 12, 13, and 14. I'm sorry, in, in 11, 12, and 13 in this series. Uh, the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit 
be with you all. Now, we oftentimes get the grace of Jesus, right? Thank God for the grace of Jesus. He went to the cross on our behalf, and that is a wonderful thing. Thank you, thank you, God, for that. Check, right? We got that one. The love of God. It is the awesome father heart love of God. If your father was not a great representation of this, God is the best representation of father. And his love for you is endless and unbelievable. How he loves is incredible, incredible. He knows how to love. See, that's the father heart of God. And then, of course, it says the communion of the Holy Spirit. You might read that and say, well, is that like grape juice and crackers? I, you know, is that what he's talking about? No, 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 no. This word here for communion is the word koinonia. Now, a lot of us know this word. It's pretty well known in church circles. It has three primary meanings that kind of all work on the same thing. It means fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. Now, I'm not talking about intimacy like between a husband and wife. I'm talking about like best friends, close friends, uh, people who are together, uh, your, 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 your allies, the ones that you go to war with. I mean, that's what he's talking about here. That's the idea of what the Holy Spirit does. He, he works in, 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 he offers us fellowship with God. A few weeks ago, um, I went golfing with a couple guys from our church. I, I went golfing uh, with Nate Struthers and, 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 and with uh, Corey Tollefson. And we went golfing. It was, it was, a, it was a good time. I like to golf. Um, I'm, I'm not good at golfing. So more, more than anything, I like to go for the fellowship, which again is good because I'm not good at golfing. If I was, if I was competitive at it, I would be miserable at it. So I enjoy the fellowship of it. And we had lots of time to just hang out and talk and get to know each other a little bit. And it was a lot of fun. What, what would have been weird that day is if we would have showed up at the golf course and would have said, hey, how's it going? Good to see you guys. Hey, great to be around you today. Uh, you know, we're going to just, we're going to golf together, but we're actually going to golf in separate golf carts. We're going to go off. We're going we're gonna to go together, but we're going to do it separately. And so uh, we'll see you at the end of the course. Good luck. You know, hit him straight. And then we just went golfing, and maybe we saw each other here and there. How's it going? Hey, good to see you over here. Awesome. And we just kept going through the course and went through the whole thing, and at the end said, how'd it go? It's as, it's as weird for us to say that's fellowship as what happens sometimes that we do when it comes to the Holy Spirit. See, when this passage here ta talks about that the Holy Spirit uh, offers us this koinonia-type relationship, which was talking about here is that we can literally have fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. But what happens sometimes is we get into a car, we drive to work, we drive to whatever, we do our thing, and we forget sometimes that the Holy Spirit is there with us, right alongside of us. Man, if you are an HOV lane person and you get pulled over, say, I'm with the Holy Spirit today. No, and no, that's the, we can, we don't have to live our lives separated and working and doing things away from and apart from the Holy Spirit. Yet again, because of some of our ideas or because of whatever it happens, we oftentimes leave the Holy Spirit out in our conversations, in our time, in our relationships. In church, that's not the call that God has given us as believers. Now, now think about this. This will blow your mind this morning. Why didn't Paul use the word koinonia when he described the relationship with Jesus and not the Holy Spirit? 
Why didn't he do that? Why would he said? Why would he have said with Jesus the grace of Jesus? Why would he have said that? And he would have said the, the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That, that's that's interesting because I think most of us think of Jesus as our best friend, right? Like he's my best friend. I mean, he sticks closer than a brother, and of course that's all true. He is. But the truth this morning is this: is that Jesus, Jesus, he is not here. The Bible teaches us that Jesus was a human being who, who walked this planet, was fully God, fully man, and he now, at this stage in, in history, sits at the right hand of the Father. He's physically not here. You're like, you're talking heresy. I'm not. That's what the Word of God teaches us, that someday he will come back to us just as he, just as he left us. That's Jesus. That's our blessed hope. It's going to happen someday, but it's not here yet. See, here's the deal this morning is that the Paul used this, this, this word for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes to glorify the, su- the Son and to communicate to us all has give, God has given us through Jesus. Jesus is alive. Make no mistake about it. He is not dead. He is not in the grave. He is not sitting there. He busted out of that thing. He walked out of that grave like no one ever could. But he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he said, it's good for you that this happens. That's what, that's what this, this speaks. Listen to what he says in John chapter 16, verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. It is to your advantage. Everyone say advantage. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. A while back, this is a, this is a difficult concept for us to grasp. A while back, I was talking with one of my daughters. I can't remember which one, but she said, Daddy, she said, how can Jesus live in my heart? She said, I don't understand how this works because I, I don't get it. I don't, you know, people say that, and I hear that, but how does this work? And so I had to explain to her, well, well sweetie, that's the Holy Spirit alive working in your, in your life and your heart. You've, you've asked Jesus into your heart. What you're doing is you're asking the Holy Spirit, like, well, what does that mean? How does that work? Pay attention. We're going to walk through that, height, that idea right now. But again, Jesus says to our advantage that he goes away. Now think about that statement for a minute. Because this Jesus is talking to his disciples, and his disciples knew him and walked with him closely for a little more than three years. Jesus paid their bills, right? They had a treasury. The treasury was to pay the bills of the disciples as they did their ministry. That's how it worked. Jesus paid their bills. He fed them. He kept them in clothes. They had their Birkenstocks and their white robes. And, you know, now they didn't have to get haircuts. That's pretty good. But, you know, he, he kept them going. He sustained them. His ministry sustained them. They saw Jesus do incredible things. I mean, he turned water into wine. He healed people. He made, he made it. He fed 5,000 people with a couple loaves and fishes. I mean, Jesus did some crazy cool things. How could you not want him to, to, to stay? I don't know. I'm like, no, no, no. Jesus, you can't go. He, they saw some awesome things. And then he says, it's better that he goes away. Well, why? Well, it's better he goes away because if he didn't go, he said the Holy Spirit wouldn't come. Now, if you've ever said before, man, I wish I could, I wish I could like walk with Jesus on the shores of Galilee, right? I, I, mean, I, did, I wish I could, you know, just walk those dirty streets and just talk to him. I would have so many questions for Jesus. I would just have all, 
man, I would love to be able to do that. And my answer to you, if you say that, is I don't believe you. And now it's quiet in here this morning. That's good because this convicted me to speak as well. I don't believe you because the truth this morning is this. You can talk to God now by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches you that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit that when you hop into your car and you drive to work, the presence of God is there. Jesus is there just as much as he would have been there if you would have walked those dusty shores with him 2,000 years ago. He's there. He's walking with you. And you have access to God in the name of Jesus by the power of the Spirit today every bit as you would have back then. That's what you have this morning. Now, let's just say, let's for the fun of it today, let's say your wishes came true. Your wishes came true. There's no Holy Spirit. Jesus, who he, he could have done this, by the way, he could have fully done this. He could have said, okay, disciples, I feel bad for you. Okay, I won't leave you. I'm just going to stay here forever. And so let's say he does that, which again, he could have done, right? He's Jesus. And so let's say he does that. And so he's still physically here on earth, and you said, man, I want to talk to my Savior. That's what you have to do. you got to buy a plane ticket, uh, which would be expensive, by the way, uh, to fly to Tel Aviv. You need to get on that plane. You need to fly to Tel Aviv. You need to land in Tel Aviv. you got to get a, car, a rental car there, whatever you might use, an Uber or whatever. you got to take that car, and you got to drive that car out to the shores of Galilee, and you got to look for Jesus. Now, he'll be easy to find. Because there'll be like a million people around him. There will be like a million people. He'll be, they'll be there. And so he'll, you'll find him. Make sure that you got a one-way ticket and make sure that you, that you, put, you know, put your car back because you're going to get in line. You'll be about one million or so. Uh, if, it's, if it's a small day, you'll be there waiting to, to talk to and hear from Jesus. Now, you'll have some time to, to think about your question because you've got about three years at about three and a quarter years to think about your question, because if Jesus, who was, who was, who was, who was physically here, if he worked for 14 hours a day, uh, he's got to sleep and eat, you know. So he worked for 14 hours a day, uh, and he worked seven days a week, he would take 3.25 years to get to you. And you would have 60 seconds with him. And so you have some time to th- Think about your question, but if you're like me, when you are in line for a long time and the time's coming, you start to get a little nervous. What am I going to ask? I have 60 seconds. I mean, I got one minute to ask the Savior of the world whatever question I want. It better be good. And so I'm thinking, okay, what I want to ask him? Well, okay. And you get down, you get closer and closer and closer, and you get up there, and what would happen if you're like me is you would go blank because you're like, I don't know, I lost it. It's gone. What happened? Jesus said, it's good for you that I leave because you don't have to do that. See, church, you have access to the throne of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week, day in, day out, constant, because Jesus made this promise. And you can walk with him, you can know him, you can be in his presence every single day of your life. Now here's a question I feel we have to talk about right now. We pray to the Holy Spirit. I know of no place in Scripture we are told to pray to the Holy Spirit specifically. Now there are places, there are many places where we are taught to pray to God. There are some places in the New Testament where the church prays to Jesus 
But there is no place in Scripture where you're taught to pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, does that mean we can't? No, because I don't think that's what that means. But, but here's how prayer works and why this is such an important, wonderful opportunity that we have as believers. See, when we pray, the Bible teaches us we pray to the Father who is in heaven, right? So it's like we're sending out a letter. God, I, you know, again, I want to talk to you, God. Why do the Vikings not ever win? What happens? No, you know, we never. God, I love, I love you, God. A message that we have that is given to God. Again, it is an awesome privilege we have to go before the throne room of God and speak to him. What the Bible teaches us, we do this because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because he laid down his life, we have access the throne of God, right? That's scripture. We have this level, this access to God through and by Jesus. But this is what's so cool about the person of the Holy Spirit. See, God is, God is, is there. We send him a letter, and Jesus is the stamp that we have to get the letter there. You, if, you, if I wrote this little card and I put this in a mailbox, just like this, what's going to happen, of course, is it's going to go no place, right? It's going to sit there, and the, the postmaster will read it and think I'm crazy, and maybe who knows what, but he won't do anything with it. Unless you have a stamp, a stamp changes the whole, the whole game. But you put a stamp on this letter and this postcard here, it's open, it's seen by anyone, it's not there. Of course, you know that you have to have an envelope that you place the letter N, and you send this off. What the scriptures teach us, we pray in the Spirit. The Spirit is the envelope upon which we use. Jesus is the stamp that we use. The Spirit is the envelope, and your prayers are not just words spoken to the heavens. Your prayers are literally things that, that God hears because of Jesus that has been surrounded and wrapped in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I tell you this morning, when I say, I don't believe it, if you say, oh, I wish I could go back. Now, of course, we all do, and I don't mean to say that if you thought that, you're a bad person. But I want to, you to know this morning that your access to God is no less than it would be if you were standing with him face to face 2,000 years ago. And actually, your access to God is more so today than it would have been. If you stood before him 2,000 years ago, you'd say, what? What, do you, what do you mean this morning? Listen to what the passage continues here. Says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own accord or his own authority. For whatever he hears, he'll speak. He will declare to you the things that are to How many of you want access to the throne of God right now? How many of you want to hear things that are happening and coming before they're to come? How many of us want to say, I, when I pray, when I, when, I, when I spend time in God's presence, I have an advocate, I have a, the Holy Spirit who guides me into all the truth. Not some, not bits and pieces, not when I've got my eyes closed, I'm trying to make it through this life with 
eyes closed and blinders on. No, no, no. This passage here is not just words on the page. This word says, these are the words of Jesus that say, he will come and he will guide you into this. He'll not speak in his own authority. Whatever he hears, he'll speak and he will declare to you the things that were to come. If it wasn't for the Spirit, you would not have access to these kinds of things. It is possible for you to know Jesus better today than it would have been had you walked with him on this planet 2,000 years ago. You're like, well, it's crazy. How is that possible, Pastor? I mean, if I walked with him, I'd talk with him. Isn't that way better? Listen to what Peter says about that. See, Peter, who did walk with Jesus for three-plus years, Peter, who literally was with him, who was one of his closest disciples, he walked with him, talked with him. Of course, we know Peter was all kinds of stuff. But Peter speaks to this in 2 Peter chapter 3 when he says that this guy, Paul, writes these letters that are so important and they are so, they're so amazing that they're blowing my mind. See, here's the deal is that, G, that Peter knew Jesus from the past and Paul knew Jesus from the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, now you can see the advantage God gave you. The Holy Spirit wants a koinonia relationship with you. When I was a youth pastor in Michigan, I was um, oftentimes, I don't do this a lot now, I don't for whatever reason, but I was, I, I was invited to speak in a number of youth ministries around our state. I, I had some friends who were youth pastors, and they would bring me in, and I would oftentimes go just because I loved it, I enjoyed it, speaking in youth groups and um, all sizes. I spoke at large, small, it didn't matter, but... One of the best parts about speaking in his youth ministries was the, the friendship and the fellowship that I had with the person, uh, the youth pastor in charge. I oftentimes found that if I was invited to speak at one of these places, the youth pastor needed some encouragement, right? Like he needed some help or some, tra- some time or just, just needed someone to talk to. And so oftentimes we would go out for dinner after uh, youth ministry and he would just talk to you about his family, his life, his ministry, whatever was going on. I could just be here to listen to and the voice of his life is awesome. I loved that time. And most of the time, I would go and I would tear the check up because it wasn't, I'm like, you're paying me, but I just let me come here. And so it was an awesome experience. I loved it. And almost every time I had that kind of a relationship with the youth pastor, except for one time. One time I preached in a youth ministry, and I was like, it was almost like I was an annoyance to the leadership there. And they brought me in for whatever reason. I don't know why they brought me in. I, I knew the guy somewhat well, but I don't know why he invited me. But I was there, and he was there. His wife was there, and leadership was there. And I would try to, like, talk to him. It was just kind of awkward and weird, you know. And they didn't really want to be around me. Seeing that they just were busy. They were just doing this and doing that. And, and Mark, I'm sure you understand how that works sometimes. It was just it was an awkward time, and I was like, I cannot wait to get out of here. And he paid me, and I took it, right? I was like, you, no, no, I, I, I did. But, man, I was just, this was not fun. I didn't enjoy this. I remember driving away, and I had one of my, my youth leaders with me, and I said, man, I, I felt like I was used there tonight. I felt like I was just used. I was just, just a, a, a voice, and I was just preaching. And they didn't care about me or about us. Or, it was just very difficult and very frustrating to be there that night, you know? Who do you like to be around? People who talk to you, right? People who don't ignore you. Who do you think we're creating the image of? See, when you live your life and you avoid the work of the Holy Spirit, and you walk around, you do your life, and you do your thing, and you do stuff, and you don't take advantage of the gifts, the things God has given you, 
as a believer. And you might exchange those things for something else. And you might have all the heart and all the desire in the world and say, oh, God, I just want to hear your voice. But you are not willing to take the time and invest the time in walking in relationship with him. There is no shortcut to what I'm talking about here this morning. You're creating the image of God. God created us with a need for fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. There's a lie in the world that says that this is weird, this doesn't make sense, it's stupid, it's crazy. Who talks to themselves? You're, you sit in your car and you talk to God. You, you, you do that by yourself. I mean, some of you guys are like, well, yeah, of course I do all the time. You, you mean you sit in, you, you, in your office and you, you pause and you ask the Lord, God, what should I do here? You mean you, you, you sit and, and you're walking through a difficult time and, and you're, you're struggling with something and your response isn't to go to your friends or go to the, the internet to read up on what WebMD says. or you're, You mean that's what you're not responsible? Your response is to go to, to the Holy Spirit, to go to, to God and, and be there. And, and then you're also saying that you can, you can know him personally and intimately and have fellowship with God like that. See, that's the gift God has given you. This is not just a religious experience. What we do here is not just a thing we do on Sundays to get our time together and then go and have some dinner and have some turkey and watch the Vikings lose or whatever else we're going to do today. That's not how this works. Your life isn't like that. That's not, that's not how things happen in your life. You see, the world can make sense of God. Right? The world can make sense of a higher power, a deity, someone we look, look to that maybe made things. Maybe the world gets that. The world understands Jesus. Now, many don't, don't like Jesus. Many like what they think Jesus said, but they don't really know what Jesus said. If they knew what he said, they, what he said they'd be a little more, you know, they, they might be not, whatever. But, but they, they get those two parts, but the Holy Spirit, people don't understand. And we reduce the Holy Spirit down to some nebulous, weird thing that's flying around the clouds or what out there someplace. And the Bible teaches us the Holy Spirit is him. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is there to comfort us. The Holy Spirit is there to lead us and to guide us. As the band comes forward this morning, you might say, how do you know, Pastor? How do you know if what I experience or hear or know is the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, listen to what Jesus said. As we finish off our text, he said, this is what the Spirit will do. He says, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Again, you have access to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I want to say that a hundred times. It's so true. We don't hear that so often. Jesus is telling us this. He'll glorify me. He will, he will take what's mine and declare it to you. You say, I'm confused. I don't know what God says. I don't understand the word. I don't understand what he, God's saying. The promise of the word is here that through the Holy Spirit, he guides you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that what he will take what, he t- will take what was mine and he will declare it to you. As you. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes this morning all across this room? And I want to ask you a question this morning. I'm going to ask you a deep question. Is what you are hearing, if you are a believer, from the Holy Spirit bringing glory to Jesus? Because you don't have to wonder if what you hear is the Holy Spirit or not, if when you pass what you hear from the Holy Spirit to the work of the Word of God. You see, 
That's what Jesus said would happen. Is what you're hearing bringing glory to Jesus? Because if not, you need to reevaluate what you're hearing. I want to be truthful this morning. There are many things that people think are from the Holy Spirit that are not. How do you know the difference? Well, we take the John 16 test. Does it bring comfort and help? Does it lead to conviction? Does it guide into all truth? Does it glorify Jesus? Does it speak the words of Jesus? There really isn't any other option, church. You see, when you understand the beauty and the blessing and the power of coming under the authority of Christ in your life and allowing the Spirit to bring to to understanding and bring to to light and to knowledge the words of Jesus in your life, your whole life changes. There's no short circuit to this. There's a movement in our world nowadays that says, I want to hear from God. But they are short-circuiting the time it takes to listen to his presence and know him intimately and closely. I promise you, there is no shortcut the presence of God. And when you think that you've gotten there, you will find that it is so much more and stronger and deeper, more amazing. See, I talked a little bit ago about relationships and friendships and koinonia type stuff. And the closer I can become to my wife and my friends in my life, the more I hear from them, the more I understand them, the more I understand what makes them tick. When, when my wife and I go out to eat, heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm, I have a point, I trust me. My wife and I go out to eat and, and, and we sit down, she's taking the girls to the bathroom or whatever she does, she's gone. I can order her, I can order her drink very, very, very easily and very clearly. I can speak on behalf of my wife and say, say my wife would like a glass of water. I don't say it because I'm cheap, right? I say it because I know my wife. I know she doesn't like pops. I know she doesn't like other things. I know that she likes water when you go out to eat. That's what she prefers. I can confidently speak on behalf of her because I know her. We spent years in each other's presence. We spent years of loving and careful time and just enjoying each other's presence. I've been out to eat with her countless times. I know what she wants. There's no short circuit to that. I couldn't do that when we were dating for two or three weeks. I, I, I tried sometimes. It's funny, I actually tried ordering for her a few times back years ago, and she said, what's this? I said, well, I thought that's what you want. She said, well, no, it's not. I just didn't know her yet. And here's the deal. There are believers who will operate like that when it comes to the things of God. And I want you to know this morning that that's not what God's called you to. Called you to bigger and stronger and greater. Would you stand across this room this morning? Ephesians chapter 6, we're called in verse 18 to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You may not feel your prayer is all that big, that it matters much, or it makes much difference. But I tell you, believer, that's not a Spirit-led thought. On your own, you are small potatoes. True. But when you pray to God in the name of Jesus through the Spirit, you have the promise of Scripture behind you.
You might be here today and you might say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about today because I don't know Jesus. Christians begin to pray. If you pray in the Spirit, pray now. You might say, well, I don't, I don't know how this works, Pastor. I don't get this stuff. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit draws us and leads us to lay our lives down to Him and to, and to ask Him to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from our entire past. That's one thing the Holy Spirit does as according to John 16, brings conviction in our lives. You don't do that on your own. If you are sensing conviction in your life, if you are sensing God leading you away from sin or away from something in your life that you're doing right now that you shouldn't, you sense that happening, that's not normal. That's the work of the Spirit in your life. And I want to encourage you to let God go and let God minister in your life this morning. Let God go there. Let God minister to that thing in your life. If you're here, say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus is my Savior, but I'd like to this morning. I want to pray a prayer. We're all going to pray this prayer this morning. And I want just us to ask Jesus into our lives. The Spirit is leading you. Would you join with me in this prayer this morning? Dear Jesus, I love you. I praise you. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of all that I've done. I'm sorry. From this point forward, I'm yours. I promise to serve you every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Give God glory this morning, church. For those who have come to Jesus. But we're not done yet this morning. Again, would you raise your hand across this room this morning? We're going to let God minister in lives. As often we do, I want to turn this place into a place of prayer for the next few moments. This is what I want us to pray. As, as the band plays, as the band leads us in worship, don't get lost in what's being sung. I want you to, this morning, I want you to focus in on this this morning. Say, Jesus, I, I, I want to hear your voice through the Spirit. Lord, help us to be Spirit-led people. If you agree with me this morning, I, I want to encourage you to agree in prayer this morning. Jesus, help us to be Spirit-led people. Lord, this verse, this scripture you, that you spoke so many years ago is as valid and as good and as true today as it ever has been before. Jesus, lead people. It, lead us, Lord Jesus, through the Spirit. Lord, let us not walk away from the things of the Spirit. Let us embrace the Holy Spirit. Lord, not as an entity or as, a, as a, a being that's far out, but Lord, as your presence here on earth. Lord, that wraps us in love, that wraps us in conviction, that, Lord, illuminates your word to us. Lord, we want to hear the voice of the Spirit, Jesus, every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you.